SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy Tuesday. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on SportsGrid. Craig Miss, Joe Pizzapia. It is the World Series tonight, Game 1. Rays and Dodgers will have a preview of that also on FanDuel. We'll have a preview tell you how you can get a little bit of an edge on that game tonight. Of course, we'll recap the two Monday night football games and, of course, uh, talk about any big news that's happening in football. And there is <laughs> one big piece of information to give people on this Tuesday. So, Joe, good afternoon as we're getting ready to close out the month of October. Certainly a lot to get to, and it will be a lot of fun to watch the World Series tonight. And uh, can't wait to get that started, too. No, absolutely. Look, October is always my favorite. You get postseason baseball, you got NFL in full swing, and we've got some huge NFL news here right at the top of the program. So it doesn't get much better than this year. We got hot takes, we got World Series stuff. My goodness, it's going to be a great two hours. You're so lucky to have us here on Sports Grid. So let's get after it, baby. Let's do it. Okay, so here we go. Here are the headlines as we start off for the October 20th day here in 2020, our favorite year of all time. The Kansas City Chiefs run all over the Buffalo Bills. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, great job for him for sure. Bills, not so much. And unfortunately for Josh Allen, the MVP talk has quelled quite a bit and his odds have quelled quite a bit as well. Boy, the Cowboys just absolutely got blown out last night in Dallas as the Cardinals just mauled them from start to finish nothing offensively for dallas cardinals played easily well enough to win that one i think anybody would have beaten dallas maybe not the jets but anybody else would have beat dallas yesterday that is for sure they looked awful world series tonight rays and dodgers dodgers a prohibitive favorite in this one again we'll review that a little bit later on the titans only facing fines after their covid audit so there was some thought that maybe they would lose a draft pick or two but they did not and the Steelers, being undefeated, looking toward a potential Super Bowl, could have to try and replace Devin Bush, their great defensive player. We'll see what that looks like when the deadline comes up here in about a week or two. Uh, but the bigger story, I think, of all, Joe, is the news that we got from ESPN about 30 minutes ago, which next week is probably going to be actually the bigger story when he actually gets to play. But Tua Tagovailoa is named the starting quarterback of the Dolphins, according to ESPN. Now, remember... The Dolphins are on a bye week this week, so there's no starting him in fantasy. There's no starting him in super flex. There's no looking at him this week. But apparently his time has come, and I would say that, Joe, it's going to be cool to see him play. I would also add it's a little bit of odd timing considering how well the Dolphins have played, but this is the decision they're going with. Joe, I can't sit here and say that Miami has to ignore what Herbert has done and and what Burrow has done and looking at some of these young quarterbacks I guess they figure if you're going to throw them in against somebody, why not make it the Jets? With an extra week to prepare, of course, it's the perfect storm. In fact, we sat here and we had all the Tua conversations. People were saying, oh, maybe four games or three games. What are they crazy? I had the back-to-back here with That's the Jets. That's what I said. With the That's buy. not people. That's what I said. I said that. You said it. I agreed. We were in lockstep. I went on many a podcast. No, no, no. I thought it would be four games. I, I was the oh, opposite you of you. Oh, I thought it would be four oh, games. I, were you? I thought you were on board with me on the Tua eight no, games. No, no. I, I, I thought oh. I didn't think he'd play at all. No, I didn't think well, he'd play. Well, I, I'm I'm thrilled that the Dolphins 
clearly think that they are not only in a good spot, but it's a good spot to continue winning with two. I think that tells you what they're seeing in practice, at least that he's picking up the offense well. Everything looks good. The fact that they got him a little bit of action at the end of that game. And it's a little surprising considering where the East is and where the Dolphins are right now. I, I, I am with you. I thought the Dolphins would have a worse record here at this point in time. They don't. So it's a little surprising from that standpoint, but why shouldn't the future be now? If you're the Chargers, you're looking at the future right now. It's happening in the present here, which I know sounds a little bit like space balls where everything that's happening now is happening now. I get it. But it's happening now for Tua Tagovailoa, and I, and I love it. I think it's great. I think it's really exciting. We're going to have to add him to the waiver wire show now tomorrow, too, because in Superflex, he becomes immediately usable, I would imagine, against the Jets next week where you got other teams on by. So it's very exciting from a fantasy standpoint. It's very exciting from a real football standpoint. And and look, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I'm just so happy that this kid is healthy enough to get out there and make a start in the NFL. And uh, look, that is going to be the big news of today. There's no doubt about that. Even though we have to wait a couple weeks to see it, Craig, I mean, this is really cool that we're getting this. And it seems like a little bit of juice here now is going through because the Bills lost. And I think the Dolphins are looking at it it's like, hey, why not us? Well, that was the Marlins' uh, go-to, so maybe that could be the uh, the uh, Dolphins <laughs> as well. So, um, just you know, the shirts. We'll, Do they have any shirts left over, Greg? They got any shirts left? Uh, they boxes? have the bottom feeders one. I, at the bottom feeders, it said, but I don't think that they, they had "Why not us?" You know, I, I think I heard the Dodgers say "Why not us?" last night, like in in some of the post game or at some of the. The media, I was like, why not us? What do you mean? You should yeah, be why us. not That's us? It's like a $110 million payroll. Why I not mean, us? Right. They, use, they use this nonsense, try to motivate themselves. Please, if you're the Dodgers, it should be we, It should be us, not why not us. I mean, come on. I mean, they, they should be – they don't have to win the World Series, but they should get back to the World Series for sure. They were the favorites going in. So interesting the way that they attacked us for sure. Real quick, uh, Joe – I don't know, man. I got grave concerns for the Cowboys offense. Is there anything to think differently after watching that last night? Well, look, the Cowboys offense did not look good. And look, uh, let's give some credit to Arizona, too. They had some really good schemes there. Buda Baker had a, had a terrific game. Buda Baker was so good, and he showed you why he was worth that extension they gave him in the offseason right before the season started. I was shocked how good they played considering Chandler Jones was out of this game, too, and out for the year. So I want to give a little credit to that defense. But, yes, they are absolutely dreadful there on offense last night. There's no doubt Andy Dalton did not look good at all. Ezekiel Elliott keeps fumbling the football. And more to the point, Craig, the the Dallas defense has 15 turnovers already. Last year, all season, they had 17. Just put that in perspective. Yeah, they, they just they look worse than Houston. It's crazy. All right, our fantasy standouts are coming up next. Chiefs and Bills, Cardinals, Cowboys. Make sure you stay on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports, today here on Sports Grid. Follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish, Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizapia17. You can follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid. Lots of great stuff for you guys there. Also, some really good stuff coming up soon as well. Want to make sure I mention all of that. We'll let you in on our big secrets coming up over the next couple of weeks. But there was no secret what happened in either game played on Monday Night Football, whether it was the 5 p.m. Eastern game or the 8 p.m. Eastern game. Both games were pretty succinct in terms of who was going to win. I don't think you ever had the feeling that Buffalo had a chance to win, maybe to cover, that's for sure. 
And I don't think that you had a chance and you know what to even think that the Cowboys had a chance to win or cover <laughs> in that one. So the Chiefs were the right call. The Cardinals were the right call. Ironically, those were the two favorites early in the week. Uh, Cowboys line flipped to minus one before last night's mm-hmm. game. So let's take a look first at the fantasy standouts from Chiefs Bills last night, which was the day game, sort of. If you're on the West Coast, it was the day game for you. Patrick Mahomes, 21 of 26, 225. Two touchdowns, also rushed for two touchdowns, so he gave you exactly what you were looking for. Josh Allen, on the other hand, did not. 14 of 27, 122, 42 rush yards, two touchdowns. I suppose you could live with the, let's say, 8, 9, 10, 15, you know, 13, 14 fantasy points, but this is this is not the 30-point Josh Allen that we were getting for a while, so we'll mm-hmm. see if some regression is coming. Clyde Edwards-Alaire was great, 26 for 161, also four receptions for not much, eight yards. Stephon Diggs caught a touchdown, so did Cole Beasley. And then Travis Kelsey, five receptions, 65 yards for two touchdowns. But with all that being said, I have to say that as bad as my Cam Akers player was the other day, Joe, with Sean McVay saying he was going to get a lot of carries and he was going to be more involved, you're going to have to explain to me how bad my start of Miko Hardman was mm. yesterday. I mean, what? I mean, how how is that even possible? What? That he what didn't know. Like, how can I even play him next week? That it was a that was a crusher for me last night. Well, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about a little trust or bust tomorrow uh, with Miko Hardman. Got some stats lined up for you on that. But the quick preview on that is the same thing that we said going into the season is the talent is there. It's just there's so many mouths to feed and, and there's so many opportunities for other guys to be useful in this offense. And Miko Hardman, I think, will eventually be a I think he's a good fantasy keeper. Well, let me let me preface by saying that I just think right now. It's just too many guys in the mix. And Andy Reid did a great job here. Look, the weather kind of dictated the game plan to a certain extent here. Maybe that's and they grounded yeah. and pounded the ball with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I actually heard that this morning on NFL Network. They said it was the most times in an Andy Reid offense that anybody's ever carried the football, which I thought, really? That's kind of shocking when you think back to McCoy and some of the guys that he's had. But, I mean, I'm sure they wouldn't be saying on NFL Network if it wasn't true. That seems like an amazing stat. But it was a great game for Hilaire, who's now got Le'Veon Bell nipping at his heels. I also think from the Buffalo side, look, I, I think that they had a really good game plan here for Josh Allen. The defense came out, I think, with a little bit of um, self-respect for themselves after blowing a two-touchdown favorite opportunity against Vegas in their own building last week. So, or, you know, so I think from that standpoint, you look at it and you go, okay, maybe these teams, you know, understand where they're at right now. I think the troubling thing for Buffalo is their inability to run the football right now, and I think that that's something that, as weather continues to get worse in Buffalo into these winter months, that's going to be a problem. Now, maybe Zach Moss is going to be that guy. But if he's not, Craig, I think this could be a little bit of a problem going forward for the Buffalo offense. Josh Allen is a very good football player. Josh Allen's had a very good season. I don't want to crush him from this game because overall he's been outstanding. But I think that Andy Reid made this game plan, and that is what's so scary about the Chiefs. They can beat you defensively when they have a good game plan, and they've shown that even last year in the Super Bowl they had one, especially the adjustments they made the second half. They can beat you running the football with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and now Le'Veon Bell. They can beat you throwing the football. Patrick Mahomes can beat you by himself some days. That's a scary thing, and I don't know what the rest of the league can answer with because, honestly, at the end of the day, I don't know if there is an answer. Yeah, Chiefs definitely got it done yesterday. And and for Buffalo, it's two disappointing performances in a row, and, and both for Josh Allen, too. So still a young player and and still want to own him in fantasy, dynasty, everywhere else. But 
no doubt his MVP votes kind of sunk the last couple of weeks for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Cardinals and Cowboys. And this one was really ugly from beginning to end. Kyler Murray didn't have to do much. He rushed for 74 yards and three touchdowns through three, also ran for one. And so pretty much with a game that he didn't even need to do what he did, he still got it done. Dalton threw 54 passes, which is usually what Prescott does, except for he just looked (laughs) ugly. He threw two picks. There should have been one more. He threw it right to the defender's hand. So maybe the end is here for Dalton. Looked like a good signing in the offseason, honestly. But after one game, definitely does not look good. Zeke Elliott fumbled a couple times. If you lose points for fumbles, you, you got hurt in this one. And they had the ball in the one-yard line at the end of the game, didn't give it to him three times. 49 rushing yards, eight receptions, 31 yards. Kenyon Drake, 20 carries, 164 yards, and two touchdowns. If you did not watch the game, you'd look and say Kenyon Drake was a monster, but he was not. He had one long run for a touchdown at the end of the game. And I would guess this is his season high, 164. Christian Kirk bounced back, two receptions, 86 yards and two touchdowns. Amari Cooper was very active, seven receptions, 79 yards and a touchdown. And CeeDee Lamb, who's been so good, Joe, with Dak Prescott, really wasn't Mm -hmm. much of a factor for the first two quarters. And then in the garbage time, ended up picking up some receptions there. doesn't seem like Gallup was really involved with, with Dalton's game plan. Early on, it was Schultz. I, I don't know that there's one thing that I could take away except for the only good news for that offense of Dallas, Joe, is that if they just continue to be so bad defensively, you could be in a Falcon situation, which is the Falcons will win two or three games, but they give up 30 or 40 points every game. So mm-hmm. you know that Ryan is going to find Julio Jones and find Calvin Ridley. If Dalton can get a little bit of his act together here, he could end up throwing for 300 yards a week, find the other guys, and still salvage a fantasy season. But in terms of what the Cowboys are doing, uh, this is the worst division I've ever seen. And that's saying a lot. Uh, it's, it's it's atrocious. It really is. And, and I didn't have very high expectations for Andy Dalton. I had medium expectations. And he fell woefully short of medium expectations. He was terrible in this game. Uh, look, he was overthrowing guys. It was, a, it was a pass to Michael Gallup there late in the game that maybe could have started to swing things a little bit. He overthrew him by a couple yards. There were moments here where he was just throwing the ball to the other defenders. It was just crazy to watch because there was opportunities, and every time Dalton seemed to have a good passing uh, protection, he would not make the most of it. It was stunning, and you can't keep turning the ball over too. So, I mean, when you have 15 turnovers already in the season, that you can't win football games that way in the NFL. You just can't. I don't care how good your offense is, and now that the offense is taking a hit without Dak Prescott at quarterback, it's a problem. Ezekiel Elliott's got to do a better job of holding on to the football too. It's becoming a problem here. Uh, and in terms of we want to make fun of the Falcons defense, and we do, and the Jets defense and some other defenses, they don't come close to Dallas. Dallas has given up so many more yards than everybody else. It is stunning where they're at right now. And I think you have to hold McCarthy accountable. I don't know how we got to this point here where he was the only guy that got interviewed for the job. You give him the job, and they have yet to make any adjustment here in this front, Craig. Craig, I don't know here. I mean, maybe I'm not the brightest guy in the universe. I don't know. But to me, you look at what the problem is, you see the problem, you got to fix this problem somehow. I don't care if it's different schemes, I don't care if it's different personnel, benching guys, whatever it is, but whatever's happening right now on a weekly basis, the defensive game plan is atrocious. And it's funny to me because the Cardinals are a very one-dimensional offense for the most point. It's Kyler Murray basically running around the football and then usually throwing it to DeAndre Hopkins. But it's 
crazy to me that you can't figure out some kind of scheme to at least contain Murray a little bit, make him beat you. And look, I know he had that big pass to Christian Kirk, and that was one of the big things to kind of open up the game. But I don't know, man. This is a game in your own building again where you're giving up a ton of points to a team that has struggled and been hot and cold. If you're a Cowboys fan right now, this has got to be infuriating. And I can't think right now that the rest of the season looks good for you. As bad as this division is, Craig, I mean, you can make an argument that they are in some ways the worst team in the division because of how bad they are defensively. Yeah, yesterday I went from thinking Philly had no shot to thinking maybe they do, based on what I saw yesterday from Dallas. And that's not to say that Dallas would win or lose the game when the spread is even, anybody could win, but they were just completely uh, manhandled and outclassed. The only thing I take a little exception to is, and I agree with everything that you said there except for the in-your-own-building thing, that's not really factoring in, it looks like, in the NFL this year and wins and losses and spreads and anything like that. But it's true. Um, but 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 they shouldn't get they shouldn't lose 31 to th- 10 or whatever it was. 31. <laughs> I don't even remember what the final score was. It was 31 3. And then I, I was waiting on that last touchdown to see what would happen. So, yeah, they got it. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I, I mean, from a betting perspective, you may want to just take Washington. Whoever has the longest odds, throw a dart. It may be the way to go. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Fantasy Sports Today. SportsGrid.com. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia. We're going to get to our World Series preview coming up in just a little bit. But before we do that, let's dive into some more football conversation. There are some of you who have the waiver wire in fantasy getting ready to run on Wednesday morning, maybe even later tonight, depending on what league you play in. There's also a situation where you may have to choose uh, on a player the rest of the season. And Joe, if we have the luxury of having these... (laughs) players on the same team you're in a really good spot i could tell you that my teams do not i'm gonna have to start reshuffling the deck a little bit here in 2020 but let's go ahead and get started and take a look at the wide receiver position and start off with a couple of players that we will basically dive in and decide if they'll be uh, better the rest of the way and this also has to do with trades as well where you're looking at maybe trade packages and players on one side or the other side and which player you really want to have going forward so let's start with two wide receivers here and let's start with adam thielen of the minnesota vikings who certainly had a much higher adp than will fuller but if you look at the stats right now they're pretty close with the exception of touchdowns adam thielen has three more touchdowns than will fuller and you know i think the automatic response here most people will have is, well, Will Fuller is an injury risk. Well, so is Adam Thielen, too. He's had his share of injuries in the last year or two also. And with Minnesota and the way they're going and Justin Jefferson's emergence, you could start to make the case here that maybe things are got leveled out a little bit in Minnesota here for in terms of Adam Thielen's value. And watching this offense of the Houston Texans the last couple of weeks here, and obviously knowing what's going on with the defense there and all their shortcomings, To me, it feels like Will Fuller might actually be the better player going forward for the rest of the season. And I think these are questions you kind of have to ask yourself. Or if there's a trade where, let's say, you can get, you know, Will Fuller and another small piece for Adam Thielen, I think that's a trade that I'd be willing to make. So although, you know, you kind of think, oh, these guys weren't anywhere close in terms of value coming into the season – Right now, they're closer than you think. In fact, Will Fuller in full-point PPR is basically right there with him in terms of fantasy points per game. So I'll put the question to you. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Will Fuller or Adam Thielen? 
Yeah, I'd probably still go the safe route and go with Thielen here, um, only because there is that. I, I think I think there's more of an injury risk with Fuller. So uh, the other thing, and we'll talk about this coming up with our next comparison, is I do think that they have made more of an effort to get Brandon Cooks involved. And to mm-hmm. me, he honestly looks like a bigger playmaker than Fuller does. So I, I would rather have Thielen. Yeah, I can understand what your thought process is there. I think I agree with that. Cooks is probably the bigger boomer bust, big playmaker ceiling guy. But what's kind of interesting is that it seems like that wide receiver one workload is really going to Fuller in terms of target share. And that's something on a weekly basis you can really count on. Like I said, right now, you could probably pull off a trade where you could probably, you know, get Will Fuller plus for Adam Thielen. And just because of the name brand recognition and people being a little afraid always of that Will Fuller injury. So it's a risk. I think in 2020, a risk you might be willing to take. All right, now let's take a look at another couple wide receivers, one on Houston, one on the Rams. And Brandon Cooks has 27 receptions for 367 yards and two touchdowns. Let's also keep in mind all of this is in the last three games. And he basically did nothing in weeks one and week two. (laughs) Cooper Cup for the Rams, 31 receptions, 374 yards and two touchdowns. Didn't look great, of course, in Sunday night football, but Cup is arguably as reliable an option as a wide receiver two as it gets. Sometimes he ends up a one, sometimes he ends up a three, but in the end of the season, he usually grades out as a two. Joe, who would you rather have the rest of the way between these two? Speak of the devil, there's Brandon Cooks, right? We were just talking about him, and yeah, you're right. Last two games have been brilliant. So are we buying into the turnaround of this Houston offense and how aggressive they've been? I think the answer is yes. And the thing that's troubling to me right now with the Rams is once again, here we are. I thought we had gotten past it, but clearly we're still having issues with the Rams and myself. It's the inconsistency of this offense. <laughs> it is all you. It is all you. It you are the me one. Me and the Rams. You the and one. you know what? But here's the problem. It's, it's well, I mean, I always say I hate the Rams. They're so frustrating, right? And then they have two good games in a row where I go, okay, I'm going to buy in here. Let's buy into the Rams. Okay, maybe it seems like they're turning the corner. And then they go out and have a game like they did against San Francisco on Sunday night. And I just throw my hands up and I say, I can't figure this team out. And it drives me crazy. And Cooper Cup, there's no doubt about it, is the safer play. But once again, are you telling me that you probably can't, you know, get Brandon Cooks plus from the Cooper Cup owner? I think you can. I think you could look at this and look at the stat lines and look at where Cooper Cup is and look at the amount of targets that Robert Woods is getting. And say to yourself, man, I think I could roll the rest of the year with Cooks and maybe another piece for Cooper Cup and trade away Cooper Cup. So once again, this is kind of like things that you can look at from a trade perspective in your league and make a move. I think they're going to be close. I think if you want to play it safe, you could stick with Cooper Cup. But I'll tell you what, man, I think I'm letting it all hang out with Houston. I think that defense is so bad. They're always going to be aggressive. And now that they've made that change at in terms of head coach, that they're going to continue to push that ball downfield. And Watson seems like he's going to do that. And that is a huge turn, a huge difference for me. And I feel good about Cooks going forward, too. So I'm all in on the Houston train right now in terms of offense. Yeah, I would agree. The, the one thing that I would add is this, is that my, my TV viewing of Sunday football has changed through the years. So the, my short, my long explanation for a short answer is this. <laughs> uh, I used to watch all the games at once. I used to watch all the little boxes on DirecTV, mm-hmm. you know, like every game, see what's mm-hmm. happening, every play. And it, and it got to be too much for me. But that being said, what happens is, is that I factor in the picks that I have in the Super Contest and also fantasy football. I factor those two in. And whatever the most important games are for me, usually I'm watching two to three games at a time. So this is really easy for me. 
because I've watched a lot of Houston for whatever reason. I've either been mm-hmm. on them or against them in the Super Contest, and I have Watson in a fantasy league. And I've watched almost none of the Rams, ironically. I, I really have not seen a lot of the Rams this year. I, I'm trying to think how much I've seen, and maybe that's You're something lucky. that game like five It's frustrating minutes. to watch. They're horrendously frustrating. I, I have not seen so I, I don't know that I can... I don't know that I can speak as educated on the Rams as I can on Houston because I can't always just look at a box score and tell the story. But here's what I know. They're throwing the Cooks a lot. Like, he is a Mm -hmm. lot more in the game plan now than he was in the first two weeks, and I don't know why that is. So I simply, based on what I see, am going to go with Cooks. Yeah, welcome to the Thunderdome. Look at us agreeing. That's that's the first sign of the apocalypse. Or maybe The next one one we'll definitely agree on. Okay, well, let's get to the next one. There's no discussion here. All right, let's do it. Let's get to the next one. Set it up. I I can't wait to see us agreeing two times in a row. All right, Daryl Henderson of the Rams, who is the primary ball carrier uh, with Los Angeles. There is no argument there. I mean, is there? No. Uh, David Johnson and, and his fading career with the Houston Texans, 51 carries, 350 yards, three touchdowns. This is Daryl Henderson all day long for me, and I don't care if he's if Akers is playing or Malcolm Brown is playing or Steven Jackson is playing or, 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 or Marshall Falk is playing. It does not matter to me. I said it, and I'm not stopping. I am off David Johnson. Not in. <laughs> well, look, I haven't been on David Johnson all year. I can, I'll tell you what. If you asked me this same question last week, I might have started to lean towards David Johnson just because of my fear of what was going to go on with Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown and this whole group. I think after this past week, I don't know, for better or worse, it seems like Henderson is their guy. And I kind of agree with you. And I also have to take the stance of if I like Cook so much, if I like Will Fuller so much, then I have to pull the plug somewhere. And that's probably going to be on the run game of the Texans. And I think it's because of the defense and because of the potential game scripts coming up for this team where every week they're probably going to be in some sort of dogfight and they're going to have to be aggressive with the football. So although it's great that David Johnson is the standalone back and he is getting the volume and it's all going to him. At the same time, I think I would lean a little bit toward Daryl Henderson right now. Now, hopefully Cam Akers won't ruin that this week, but it wouldn't shock me because that's what the Rams do every single week is they put their foot right in their mouth and then put it in my you-know-what. Yeah. And naturally, what's going to happen this week, too, is everybody is going to do this, is that David Johnson's name is going to be discussed in terms of trade because he's I believe he's on a one-year deal, if I'm not mistaken, with Houston. Um Regardless of this, let let me clear this very up for you, very, very succinctly and clearly. Running backs are worth nothing. We just went through this with Bell. We went through this with Leonard Fournette. The Texans are not going to be able to get a cent for David Johnson. If they'd like to cut him and play somebody else and somebody picks him up, yes, I think that that's a possibility. No one is trading for this player. It is not happening. It was a horrible trade by Bill O'Brien. Yes, it was. I can say it now. To make this horrible deal, it was a horrible deal. David Johnson in the NFL is going down Gurley Road, which is you will not see him after next year for sure. <laughs> You're lucky Gurley if you see Road. him next year. You will, you will not. It sounds in my like a show on Netflix or something. Are you are you are you are you binge watching the Gurley Road? It's a great show. It sounds the like Gurley Road. No indictment on either player. They're fine young men, and they, and they've given everything they can to the league in the in the years they've been in there. I don't see it with either player. I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I think that they will probably play in 2021. It will not be a lot, and that will be the end. All right, quarterback. Joe Burrow, Phillip Rivers here. Let's take a quick look at it. Burrow's really 
been on and off this season. Great halves almost is basically the way to put it with him. Mm-hmm. Six touchdowns, four picks. He's a rookie, 1,600 yards. Philip Rivers, seven touchdowns, six interceptions. Uh, for me, Joe, rest of the season, it depends on the format. That's my answer here. It all depends on the format because I think that both of them are going to throw the same amount of picks. I think Burrow's going to throw more touchdowns. I think Rivers is going to throw for more yards. That's it. The end for me. So mm-hmm. it, it is a format question for me. Yeah, well, here here's my thing. I'm going to take the stance of I'm not going to believe too much what I saw last week when these two guys went head to head, which is I'm not going to believe a Philip Rivers renaissance right now. I saw enough in the first five weeks of the season to see enough and go, okay, I was wrong about Philip Rivers moving into offensive lines and going from the worst one to the best one. It didn't make a difference. He's been terrible. And the only time he's been good was the second half of a game against the freaking Bengals who have been awful. You want to go look at the number of yards given up? How about the Dallas Cowboys? Right around there is the Cincinnati Bengals. They've been dreadful. I'm going to put my faith in the younger guy. I'm going to put my faith in the guy that they're not going to pull him no matter how bad he plays. Because just going into this week, we were thinking, oh, maybe Jacoby Brissett might get a shot here. So this one game does not do it for me. I'm going to stick with Joe Burrow regardless. He's got youth on his side. He's got upswing on his side. I like the weapons better. And the defense is bad enough that they're always going to be, what, competitive offensively, having to push the ball. So to me, Joe Burrow has the better fantasy upside. All right, coming up next, it's time for Hot Take Tuesday. Then we'll wrap up hour number one of Fantasy Sports Today. Make sure you stay tuned because we're going to have some fantasy ramifications and betting ramifications for 2021 series. A little bit later, don't go sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com and welcome back it's time for hot take tuesday here on fantasy sports today craig and joe here with you where we go over some potential future ramifications in fantasy see if they are hot if they're cold if they're medium what is the weather these days in new jersey joe is it hot oh, or cold story? It's miserable it's like 55 degrees and raining right now and you're wearing short oh. sleeves and this is our lives so yeah no they're, they're the only take here yeah i mean you got full belichick going there with the sleeves and i've got uh rainy horrible fall new jersey weather that's what i've got yeah, see, Florida man is not good for six months, but for six months, it's, it's going to be here. I know. Tell you. I hear you. Not, Can not I so put bad. up with the rest of the things for the other six months? That's the question. <laughs> we'll find out in December. We'll see. All right, let's get started here. Philadelphia Eagles, they're, uh, what are they? Uh, they're, are they in the playoffs right now? I don't even what know. Are they? They're a game are they out? A team? Even... Are, they a, are they even yeah. an organization still? Is anybody alive for the Philadelphia Eagles? Barely. Barely. Thursday night. Thursday night, they get their shot at the title when they it's play the Giants. Game. This is it a really is. Game it's a playoff night. atmosphere with no fans, but yeah, it's a playoff <laughs> atmosphere. Okay, uh, here's the take: Jalen Hurts gives the Eagles a better shot than Carson Wentz, I suppose, to win the NFC East. Joe, I I think this is yeah. an absolute hot take, and I and I see it going around on the internets. On the social medias, I see it. I see all the jailer. Put him in. What do we got to lose? Uh, more games. That's the answer. Look, Carson Wentz has struggled. There's no doubt about that. He hasn't been good. He's thrown more picks than anybody else. I get it. But if you're going to win, it's because Carson Wentz gets right and somehow gets the rest of these pieces healthy in a couple weeks. Maybe you can piece it together. Now, I will say this. I think getting Jalen Hurts involved 
is definitely smart. And I think you're going to see that Thursday night too. You're going to see some trick plays some things like that. You're going to see him involved in this offense, especially without Miles Sanders for this game. So Boston Scott and Corey Clement are not going to be the only guys who are running the football. Jalen Hurts is going to have some of those moments. I guarantee he has worked into this game plan. But to replace Carson Wentz with him right now, I just think is silly. I think this is a huge hot take, and I wouldn't do it. I know of now they're going to see Tua getting starts now, and they're going to get all freaked out, all those Philadelphia Eagles fans. But just relax. If you watch Dallas and how bad they were, Eagles fans, then you know you're still in this thing. Couple weeks, hopefully you get Ertz, you get Goddard, you get Jeffrey, you get Miles Sanders back all in a couple weeks in the next two to three. If you can do that, maybe you run the table at least a little bit in the second half. But this is a playoff game. I know we joke, but it really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I sort of agree, but but I, I I don't think that this is coming sooner than later. If if they lose again, if they lose again, I think Jalen Hurts is going to start. I do. I, I don't think that they can wow. lose one more game. Wow, that is the hottest I've ever seen your take. That is a hot take. There, you're gonna you're gonna get rid of the I franchise quarterback. I mean, look, I'm just saying, like, Wentz doesn't look good either. No. If the, no, it's the, look, look if, good. If the Giants, man, if they can't beat the Giants, they got they got to seriously consider it, I think. I think they got to consider it. So I, I think it's – I don't think it's a hot take. I, I think it is reasonable to think that if they lose this week, that it could happen. Not now. I wouldn't do it. But if Wentz comes out with another clunker, another first half, like a Trubisky first half – I think that they, well, they gotta, have a body coming get... up too, right? After this, isn't I believe next I, I don't week know is that. I don't know. I'm almost positive it's the next week. So they play the Thursday night game here in the short end, and then I think they have a long bye. And so I guess you could make the argument that would be enough time to really prepare the kid. But I don't know, man. I, they, after you know, watching talents, <laughs> I I read a couple of columns on this. I've been looking into this a little bit more too, and I read a couple columns, or maybe one. I don't want to say a couple uh, about how maybe you read it there's twice, some that column. feel. Maybe it was two people writing the same thing yeah. <laughs> about how that Wentz has been hurt. <clears throat> excuse me, because of of having to look over his shoulder with her. Uh, I'm so, yeah, with with Hertz being there, that that's affected yeah. him in some way. But who, but who really knows the answer to that? But I, anyway, I read that. I mean, I'm not saying that it's true or not, but somebody is intimating that. Excuse to pile on the excuses, and some more. I, I think yeah, the more valid like excuses. The guy's playing with a terrible offensive line, and none of his weapons have consistently been healthy on the field. I mean, what's well, one thing to have no wide receivers, and then look. I know Fulgham's played well, but then you take away Ertz and Goddard like, successively a couple of weeks in a row. I mean, what else does this guy have to work with at a certain point? I mean, let, let me let me ask something. When when Wentz was at his best, right? Mm-hmm. A couple who, years who ago, was, yep. who were his best weapons? When it was, he was a healthy Alshon Jeffrey. Um, the running game was terrible. I want to say we're going back to the Jay Ajayi uh, year or something like that with Philadelphia. It was a bad running back situation. Yeah, but, he but ever was really, Ertz. He looked good with no targets. Anyway, didn't he? Well, I, I want to say it was it was a healthy Jeffrey a couple three years ago, and but, he, but Jeffrey's never been a superstar. He's never been Owens. no, but he was a wide receiver one, even in fantasy circles. He was a low end one when he was on the field. It was him and Ertz, and it was all a couple years ago. And it was also, if you recall, before that injury, taking the NFL by storm was Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. Everybody couldn't say enough good things about those guys, and then you lost both of them successive weeks to ACL injuries, right? And it was like, oh, what a terrible thing. We just lost Wentz. Now he loses Deshaun Watson. But at that time, it was the same buzz that people were having about Lamar last year and the year before Patrick Mahomes. So it's it's funny how we forget where the peak was, but the peak Wentz was unbelievable. It was right there with Deshaun Watson. So, look, I, you're not wrong. 
But I'm saying is I think he's working at a huge disadvantage, and I think making that move, I don't know if that's the right move right now. I think you stay the course and you try to win some football games here with the now veteran quarterback compared to Hurts. All right, let's move on to our second question of the day here on Hot Take Tuesday, and that's about Cam Akers, who I've gotten a number of leagues here, and I don't have a lot, so you know I got a lot of them. Cam Akers <laughs> a bust in 2020. And 100 percent of Craig Mish's league. <laughs> but what, what are we doing here? Are we doing a bust the whole season, or are we doing a bust as of right now? Because as of right uh, now, it's a massive. No, it's a bust in 2020, I believe, is the take. It's He's a bust this year. I think you can't say he's a bust overall for the rest of his career. That's crazy. It's only no, a rookie no, season. No, 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 no. So it's in 2020. We're already six weeks into the season. He's done he's nothing. He's barely been on the field. I think he's a bust. I don't think this is a hot take. Nothing. Yeah, not a hot take. This take is not hot. Maybe he turns no, it around. I, I don't know. I'm not feeling good about it. There's a lot to say now, all right, let's move on to the next. We said enough about Philly. I, mean, I think we can move on to the next. You know, what's, what's, what, just, I, don't think, I don't think I can make an argument for him. The guy didn't even play can last week. Can you make an <laughs> argument he's going to do anything in the next six? And I find it hard to find that I argument. Can. I don't think I can. I can't either. Okay, now let's move on to Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones will finish as a top 10 fantasy running back. Mm, I don't think this is a hot take. I'm telling you right now. I mean, he is, what, I think third in the league in rushing right now? Let that sink in, okay? Uh, uh, we're talking about a guy who has uh, really got this backfield now to himself the last couple of weeks with Fournette being hurt, and he has performed great. And uh, I've got all the Leonard Fournette shares. I am hurting because of this, and I'm kicking myself for not trying to acquire Ronald Jones after week two when Leonard Fournette had that big game. It's one thing you could say hindsight, oh, I should have sold Leonard Fournette after that uh, great week two. But I think the smarter or the the hindsight that I really regret is not going after Ronald Jones just so I could have had that entire backfield with those shares that I had for net because it was a great time to go buying on Ronald Jones because all of a sudden the stock was so low. So that's what's frustrating to me. But I'll tell you right now, when you look at the rest of the running backs out there and you look at all the injuries we've had to Dalvin Cook and everybody else and Ezekiel Elliott keeps fumbling the ball. Ronald Jones is going to get there, and it's because Tom Brady needs a run game too. Tom Brady's not old Tom Brady. Well, he is old now, but he's not the Tom Brady of yesteryear that could you know, get by without a running game. They're going to have to run the football, and I think Ronald Jones is going to be a big part of that, so I actually don't think this is a hot take. Yeah, I think this could happen because of the injuries, but, but mm-hmm. that's the reason why for me. I, I think that if you had McCaffrey healthy and you had Barkley healthy and you had Chubb, then there's no way that I would have Ronald Jones. But because of injuries, yes, that definitely is a possibility. But that's my little asterisk there is due to injury. Yes, he will finish. Well, do you think – Here, here's a question for you. I mean, do you think right now – I mean, Ronald Jones is fifth right now, excuse me, after Clyde edger kind of jumped over. Right. So he is fifth right now. He's got 472 yards through six weeks. So we're looking at probably somewhere around 1,100, 1,200. And in terms of touchdowns, he's got – He's got three touchdowns right now, so I don't know, mm-hmm. seven touchdowns, 1,200 yards. That kind of puts you in that low-end RB1. Chubb's going to miss you know, six weeks of the season. I mean, yeah, it's kind of like the other thing like that's going to happen. Yeah, but, but Fournette is going to come back and play a little bit, and that's going to hurt him so? a little. Yeah, yeah. He's, I don't think he's the done. The only thing it hurts I, I mean, I thought he was done from a, fan, from a fantasy perspective. I'm never playing Fournette. And I, and it, once he got cut, that was the end of the line for his fantasy value. But I still think he's going to come back and play and get eight carries I a game. And I'll, I'll say this. Carry. If, Mike Evans, 
if Mike Evans goes, you know, continues to struggle with the hamstring issues and Godwin continues to struggle, I will say this, Leonard Fournette is a better receiver of the football than Ronald Jones. So if you're getting him in full point PPR for nothing or somebody dropped Fournette, I would pick him up just to speculate because that is a role in the Tom Brady offense, you know, <laughs> conceptually, where that James White, the guy who catches the ball in the backfield, Ronald Jones is still suspect there. But in terms of running the football, I don't know, man. It's kind of tough right now to justify Fournette getting carries over him. Yeah, I think he will. Not a lot, but he will. Okay, okay. let's go to quarterback. Matt Ryan will lead the league in passing yards. He's on pace to do it, so why not? Yeah, I, I guess that's the question is why not? So without Dak now out there, I'm trying to think of who else could possibly make this kind of a run. I'm sure Mahomes will be in that conversation. What about but, Wilson? I mean, it's the Russell Wilson's in that conversation, but I, I guess it all comes down to how bad their offense is in. So I mean, excuse me, how bad their defenses are and Seattle's defense is pretty darn bad. So I'm going to say this is a hot take. I think it is going to be Wilson or somebody else, but Matt Ryan will be up there, you know, as bad as the Falcons D has been. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I, I could go one way or the other here. I don't really have a strong opinion here on this one. I, I, I'd love to see Dallas get Matt Ryan. Could they make that happen next week? I don't have to. <laughs> well, look, I think you want to. Uh, look, my, I'm telling you right now, we said it jokingly a couple weeks ago. We were talking about the first firing, but it was not. It was kind of tongue-in-cheek when we said about Mike McCarthy being one and done. I don't know, man. After this past week, it is really difficult to not justify that one and done. It's really oh, it's very possible. Huge oh, it's very yeah. possible. If they go 4-12, and 12, oh, yeah. That, that, I, Jerry I don't, Jones I don't is not going to stand for that. No, and, and again, I didn't watch a lot of the game, but it was very clear for them showing the pictures of Jerry Jones how badly he wanted that last touchdown that mm -hmm. they scored. It was like crazy. Like what? I mean, why yeah. did they even have those guys at the game at that point? Didn't make sense. But that just showed you to me. Like I, I think they're angry, but they're not much you can angry. do. You lost even with Dak, they weren't winning anyway. It's like Dallas is the biggest joke. I think I've lost more games picking them in the last two years than anybody in mm -hmm. football. Oh. Every 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 time I lose, it's, it's with them. Okay, uh, finally, let's go to another quarterback, Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has played his last season as a Minnesota Viking. I mean, you know, I got to tell you, man, these hot take ones are not scorching today, Joe. I got I got to be honest. Like this is no, no. I thought the Jalen I mean, Hurts one was pretty scorching there. That you was good. Come on, I mean, Kirk. Can anybody make the case that Kirk Cousins coming back to Minnesota? Honestly, after um, this year? cap, cap. That's the oh, only argument. Cap. They cut Cap guys snap. like nothing. They cut guys. I don't know. You don't cut a lot of franchise quarterbacks making twenty something million dollars. I mean, it's kind of tough. I'm just saying it's a it's one thing to say, okay, it's the last year of a deal. It's not, and uh, the cap ramifications of making this kind of move are complicated. Is all I'm saying. I think it should be his last one. Whether or not it will be, that's a different one. So I, I don't think it's a hot take, but I think it's more complicated than people want to make it out to be. Yeah, I, I'd have to look at that and go back in history and see what quarterbacks have been cut with these massive contracts. Because a week ago, it was like Garoppolo was in that conversation. I don't think he is now, but he doesn't Cousins have a massive contract. Cousins has a Garoppolo? massive contract. Garoppolo doesn't have a Jimmy massive G? contract. Jimmy oh, well, G? I, wait, he did sign the extension. I apologize. No, right. he I forgot he signed oh, that extension. Oh, 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back to Fantasy Sports today. By the way, just for clarification, uh, Kirk Cousins is owned about uh, – his cap hits for being cuts about 80 million for the next two years. So yeah, that is, that is a significant number, not as high as uh, the number that Brett Levy, our producer gets paid to do this show. So losing Brett would be a lot tougher than the Vikings, uh, you know, losing cousins. But I think personally, Brett does a better job regardless of that. So welcome back fantasy sports today. Time for a little fantasy trivia. Joe, we'll turn it over to you for some, a reception question today. I think I got a, I got a great feeling on this one. All right. Well, like I said, so which Jaguar, is leading the team in receptions. And they've got a couple guys who are pretty close here. DJ Shark, LaVisca Chenault Jr., uh, Keelan Cole, or James Robinson. Now, this is kind of interesting when you consider how they run the offense, right, and what they do. So who do you think is number one? I could tell you it's very small in terms of the differential between these guys. So who's your pick? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to say it's not Keelan Cole. Is that right? You would be wrong. It is Keelan Cole. <laughs> that was my, the one to eliminate i was gonna get rid of him well he's number one with 27 so if wow, you want to eliminate get... the guy yeah, Keelan yeah Cole's I, been... I, that was my last choice so uh, totally and, wrong and the point and the point to be making here is that keelan cole has quietly been steady here in this offense so we've had some you know dj shark moments and dj shark is the best wide receiver of this group at least in my opinion and robinson's been useful but here are the numbers here for receptions we have 27 for keelan cole uh 26 for chenault again very close what's amazing is that dj shark has 25 and he's missed so much time and that's what tells you right now dj shark is a really interesting buy low in leagues and then james robinson right behind both these guys with 23 Although things are not going in the right direction, tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about James Robinson the first couple games and the last couple games and where the trend is going. Overall numbers look good, but the trend is not going well. However, Keelan Cole, we're going to talk about tomorrow on Waiver Wire Wednesday, so make sure you check us out there because I'm telling you, he is still around in about 60-something percent of leagues. He's available, and he might be a useful guy in these next few weeks with the buys coming up. What, what happened to D.D. Westbrook? What happened to that? Is he around? M.I.A. Oh, wait, did Didi, was he an opt-out? I don't know. I'd have to go back and look now. I'm starting to wonder. It's starting to ring familiar, but I don't I know. It's 2020. Dynasty I think I'm like... Uh, Didi Westbrook has one catch on the year, so it must be an injury or something. Hmm. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 